Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. All right, good morning. It is a great Sunday to be here, uh, Super Bowl, right, all that this afternoon, but uh, you're in church this morning, so thanks for being here. Um, like was said, we are wrapping up this series, uh, and so stay tuned for next week and come back to, to see what we're doing um, ongoing, but today is the last one in I Want to Change, So Help Me God. And if you missed uh, some of this series or this is your first time here do yourself a favor and go back, especially if, if you're in a place in life that um, you're, you're kind of stuck or you see something that needs to change in your life, but you're, you've never thought it really could. Uh, go back and listen because the whole premise of this series from the beginning, we've said this over and over and over again, is that real change, real lasting change is not behavior modification. It's not behavior modification, but that's what so many of us go back to and rely on time after time after time. If I just stop doing X, Y, or Z, then I can do this. I can do it. Or uh, if, if I just buy the gym membership, I'll make this happen. Or if I just block that website, then it'll, it'll all be fixed. But what we said every week is real, lasting change is spiritual transformation. It's got to be spiritual. And if you change your behavior, but you don't let God change your heart, that, that behavior is going to come back, whatever that is. We've seen it time and time again. And so it needs to be spiritual. And so we've asked some spiritual questions. And I think, I think a lot of times we just don't know the questions to ask. And we don't like the answers. And so we don't ask them. And so over the course of this series, we've been asking some different spiritual questions. When it comes to the change you want to see or we want to see, what is the spiritual who? Who is it that you want to become? Who is it that God wants you to become? Of course, that's who we want to be, is who God wants us to be. And so if we want to change, we have to change how we think about who we are and how God sees us. It's an identity question. And then we looked at our spiritual why. We don't want to just change because we want to be wealthier or healthier. We want to change because we want to honor God with the way we live our lives. And then we looked at our spiritual what. What is it that you need to change? That's where we, that, that's where we asked about the habits. What's one habit that you need to add to your life to become more like Christ? What is that habit that will reinforce your identity in God? and help you become more like Christ. And then we, asked, we added our, our spiritual what not. What is that one habit that you need to, to remove based on who you want to become? What one habit do you need to get out of your life? Because it's really holding you back from becoming who God wants you to be. And then last week, it was the spiritual how. Right? We're not trying. We're, we're in training. We're not trying to be righteous. We're training like an athlete, our bodies, to become who God called us to be. And so 
All of this is building up one week after another, one week after another. And I want to add to this whole thing another spiritual question. What kind of spiritual impact do you want to make? What kind of spiritual impact do you want to make? Because this is, this is leading to something. And so what is it? And I wonder if, if we pause sometimes and, and think about what our lives will look like five years from now. And I'm going to level with you, I hate this question. Right? I, it's so difficult for me. My brain doesn't work this way. It's so difficult for me to think five years from now, with all the variables at play, what my life is going to be like. In some, t- in some ways, it's like what, what I want my life to be like. And I get, this, I get this question asked to me from time to time for a number of different reasons, but, oh, what do you see yourself doing in five years? Where do you want to be in five years? Do you have a five-year plan? Do you have a 10-year plan? And my mind just kind of explodes. Anybody like that here? Anybody hate that question? It's tough. Well, if you're like me, I think this is going to help. I think we're going to add some things to this question to help focus it a little bit. Now, some of you, you've had a five-year plan for your entire lives. Anybody like that here? Like, your brain just lives in the future. You're always thinking about what's next, what's over the next horizon. You just have that mind going for you, and that's awesome. If that's you, like, keep going. Again, I hope today will help focus that energy a little bit. But then some of you might be sitting here, and you're thinking, you know, Jason, it's It's a little bit too late for me. I've already sown the seeds that I'm going to sow, and I'm just reaping the harvest. It's a little bit too late for me to implement any of these things and think five years from now, all of that. And if that's your thought process, I want to encourage you, don't let that thought rob you from becoming who God wants you to be. Don't let that thought rob you from from the ability to change. There's no, it's never too late to make a spiritual impact, to make a change for the better, to become who God wants you to be. And so all of us, no matter where we're at on this continuum, I want you to start asking, what do I think my life will look like in five years? And I I wanna give you some different categories to think about. And that's spiritually. What What is my life going to look like spiritually in five years? Relationally, financially, and physically. I want you to think about and try and project what your life might look like in those areas. And you have some notes or blanks on your notes. If you're an avid note taker, this is a great time to just jot down some thoughts as we go through these. But let's start with your spiritual life and what the trajectory of your spiritual life today is saying about what your spiritual life will be like in the future. For some of you, based on what you're doing now, five years from now, you're going to say, I'll, I'll probably be closer to God than I've ever been before. I'll have had five years under my belt of, of really doing life with him, of depending on him. I'm going to know more of his word. I will have put my faith into practice by sharing his grace with others on multiple occasions. I'm being directed by the spirit of God. My ministry, my, my impact, my spiritual impact is growing and I'm reaching more and more people with him. I'm becoming more like Jesus. That might be your outlook based on what you're doing today and what your trajectory of your spiritual life is. Or, for some of you, 
It's kind of the opposite, isn't it? If you're, if you're honest with yourself, this, this takes a lot of self-reflection. It might be the opposite. It's, getting to church is kind of difficult. Some of the old habits are creeping back in to your life. Five years from now, you might not be as well spiritually. You may have lost a little bit of faith. You may have fallen back into some of those patterns and habits. You may have even drifted from God. What do you think your life will look like spiritually five years from now? Then let's talk about relationships, and we'll start with friendships. Like Friends, five years from now, you're like currently, you're growing with friends. You're, you have God-honoring friendships. You're, you're sharpening one another. You're, you're making each other stronger. You've got rich friendships. And five years from now, it's just going to get better and better. Or maybe you don't really have good friends. Maybe those friends that you do have are kind of a bad influence on you. What will your friendships look like? Or if you're married five years from now, based on where you're at right now, what's it going to look like? You could be closer than you've ever been before. You could have a level of intimacy in your marriage that you never thought possible. Or based on your trajectory, you're going to continue to struggle. You don't even feel like you can trust your spouse. Some of you may even be divorced five years from now. What's it going to look like based on what you're currently doing right now? Five years from now, financially, some of you, based on your trajectory, you're going to be debt-free, baby, right? You're not going to have any debt. You're not going to have any um, credit card payments or car payments or student loans, You're going to have financial margin. Can you imagine? Based on what you're currently doing today. Or for others of you, you're going to continue down the same path, living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe your debt will grow. The the financial pressures are going to grow. You're going to find yourself worse off five years from now than you are right now. Physically, where will you be? The great news is, believe it or not, even though you're five years older, you can actually become stronger and healthier. Maybe even have more energy and all of those things than ever before. Or you might be more tired, more unhealthy, and lacking in energy. I just want, I just want to ask the question. Because again, I think we avoid these questions. I just want you to stop for a moment and think about these big categories of life and ask yourself, what, what do I think that will look like five years from now? What do you think your life will look like? And I'm going to tell you, in large part, what your life is going to look like. And I I want to acknowledge that there are some external forces outside of our control. So we can never be completely accurate in our predictions of um, the future. But for the most part, we can predict with a high degree of accuracy what our lives will look like a year from now, two years from now, five years from now. Because the habits you have today shape who you become tomorrow. The habits you have today shape who you become tomorrow. We know this is true. When you're born, it said you kind of look like your parents. Oh, you look like your dad. You look like your mom. We say this all the time. But when we die, we look like our habits. Isn't that true? Because the way you're living today shapes who you become tomorrow. And you know it's true because who you are today in large part, was determined by the habits you had five years ago. Those were pointing to who you became today. And the question that this begs is, do you like the direction your habits are taking you? 
Do you like the direction your habits are taking you? Do you like the trajectory of your life based on your current habits? Because intentions do not determine your direction. Hope alone doesn't change your life. Habits do. Intentions don't determine directions. In your direction, your current trajectory will determine you in five years. It's a tough, tough question. Galatians 6, Paul says this. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The Bible says, do not be deceived. God cannot, cannot be mocked. A more literal translation, Paul's being pretty strong. He's like, don't be stupid. Like, this is how this works. And he's giving us basically two options. He says, if you're so into the flesh, in other words, if you have habits and a lifestyle that reflects your sinful nature or you're, you're living a lifestyle with habits that aren't good for you, guess what? You're going to reap destruction. And on the other hand, if you sow godly habits, you, you're sowing good things to the spirit and of the spirit, you'll reap eternal life. And so he's like, you got destruction and death or uh, eternal life and godliness. You choose. So do you like the direction your habits are taking you? Do you like the harvest that's coming your way? Because there is a harvest coming our way. That's what we're envisioning when we look at our, our lives five years from now. What kind of harvest can I expect knowing the types of seeds that I'm planting today? See, this has a spiritual impact. How you live will determine who you become. And the habits that you start and the habits that you stop, the habits that you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. And it will determine the spiritual impact that you have and that you can have. It's right out of Galatians 6. It's the laws of sowing and reaping. These are, are laws that are true, and this is how God created the world. If I, if I fall off of this stage, I'm going to fall down because of the law of gravity. I'm not going to fall up. And there are three laws of sowing and reaping that I want to I share with you. And uh, some of this just sounds like common sense, but again, I, I don't think we are good at pausing and thinking through these and asking the questions. But law number one is you will reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. That's what we've been talking about. Number two, you will reap more than you sow. You don't just reap what you sow. You reap more than you sow. And then number three, you reap after you sow. So let's break these down. And I, I do want to make a distinction. We're talking about the things that we have some semblance of control over. These, these are the choices that we can make, not really the ones that are made for us, not, not the ones that are made for you, not really the ones that other people decide and because of their bad habits and their bad decisions affect us. But when it comes to the things that we personally are sowing, the first law is you reap what you sow. If you sow a, a certain type of seed, you get a certain type of plant. It seems obvious. If you plant an apple seed, what do you get? You get an apple tree. You don't get grapes. It's very obvious, but it's important for us to understand because a lot of us think we can live a certain way right now and it will just work itself out later. 
But that's not how the world works. If you plant godly habits, guess what? You're going to reap godly outcomes. And the opposite is true as well. If you're living ungodly habits, what are you going to reap? You're going to reap ungodly outcomes. In fact, it says in Hosea chapter 10, but you have planted wickedness, so you have reaped, or so you reap evil. You reap what you sow. And this isn't a punishment. It's a harvest. If the habits you're sowing right now are bad, the harvest you're going to reap isn't going to be pretty, is it? Remember back when you were single? Or maybe you're single right now, and this will apply. And all you want, your goal is a godly man or woman who's got their life together. What a great goal. But if you just go out with whoever asks and whoever's cute, you're going to have a problem on your hands potentially, right? Or, I, want to, I talked about this on the first week, I want to be around for my, my grandkids. I want to invest time and energy into them. But if I neglect my health, doesn't make sense. It's not how the world works. I'm not going to be around. Or if you want to get promoted at your job, but you routinely show up late, you're not going to get promoted, are you? Because the habits that you're, that you're employing aren't earning the attention of those around you in a positive way. And this is so important to know. This is not a punishment. It's a harvest. It's a result of the things that we've planted. And so if you don't like what you're reaping, Again, I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. It seems so obvious. If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. Change what you're sowing. If you don't like what you're getting back, look at what you're planting in the ground. If you don't like it in your relationships, look at how you're acting and, and, and reacting in your relationships. Look at the seeds you're sowing. If you don't like it financially, look at how you're living. If you don't like it spiritually, look at how you're doing and what you're doing spiritually. Are you in his word? Are you praying? If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. Law number one is you reap what you sow. Law number two is you reap more than you sow. Because God multiplies that, doesn't he? That's, that's how God set this world up. Jesus said it this way in Mark 4. And the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produces a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. One seed can reap 100 times as much as has been planted. You plant a seed and you get a tree and the tree produces fruit and that fruit has seeds in it. And then you can replant that seed and get more trees because you reap more than you sow. And in this context, he's talking about those who hear and accept God's word. But this is true in every area of life. You're nice to people. And guess what? They're going to be nice back. You're not so nice to people. Got that road rage issue going on. Guess what? It's not going to, it's not going to come back so nice for you, is it? It's true in marriage, isn't it? You treat your spouse well. You meet needs, you pay attention, you're gentle and encouraging. You sow those good seeds in your marriage. It's going to come back in your marriage. And I know this to be true on both sides of this coin. When I'm not doing those, it comes back not so good multiple times, right? And, we, and I know both of those things. It's true financially. It's true physically. Brian mentioned this book a few weeks back called Atomic Habits that said, 
Every action we take is a vote for the type of person we wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. And another way of saying that is putting these small choices in place, small choices plus consistency over time equals radical change, incredible change. It's small, consistent habits done over time that equals a positive result, or as we're seeing in some of these, a negative result. So if you're planting the wrong kinds of seeds, it equals a negative result. But all of those small decisions over time are directing your life. Isn't that true? And then number three, you reap after you sow. You reap in a different season. Again, seems like common sense, but this trips us up. If you plant seeds in the fall, you don't reap in the fall, you reap in the spring. And this is the very reason so many of us get discouraged because we don't see the progress right away. We don't see enough progress in our timing. We're ruled by that, that idea of progress. If we don't see that, what do we do? We often just give up. And sometimes we won't even start whatever it is we want to change because we know it's going to be a slow process. Like you pray every day for a week, but at the end of that week, you don't feel any more spiritual or closer to God. Where's the change? Or you go to the gym for every day for two weeks, but you don't see any real change. You're going, I'm doing everything right. What's wrong with me? Or you're trying to pay off $40,000 in debt. And so over the course of the month, you don't go to Starbucks and get coffee. And you save up $100, and that goes to your debt. And so you don't owe $40,000 anymore. You owe $39,900, right? And you're like, oh my goodness, this is going to take forever. What's wrong? It's not even worth it. And we wrongly conclude that the small decisions don't matter that much. Oh, it's just a coffee. Oh, it's just skipping uh, prayer once, you know once a week. Oh, it's just, I'm not going to go to the gym today. We wrongly conclude that small decisions don't make that much of a difference. But for the most part, our lives are made up of the sum total of all of these small decisions because it, it creates a direction in our life. And so we're saying it's got to be spiritual. It's, it's not intentions that determine my direction. It's the habits and the way that we live our lives. So who do you want to become? What type of person does God want you to become. It's a spiritual who. And why do you want to become that? It's not a selfish why. It's a spiritual why. And based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to add to your life today? And what one habit, based on who you want to become and who God wants you to become, what one habit do you need to stop? And then we're, going, we're not going to try to be better. No, we're, we're in training. We're going to train our bodies like an athlete for righteousness, to do good things. Because what we plant, we reap. The way we live today will impact who we become, what we have, what impact we have on those around us. Who we, what we do today determines that. But many of us get tripped up because of this, this progress issue. And so are we, are we only successful if we uh, reach our goal in five years? No, we don't have to wait that long, right? Because we don't judge the success of the day by the, the harvest that we reap, but by the seeds that we sow. 
Look at smaller successes. We're doing life with him. We're making small, consistent, God-honoring choices and habits that add up over time to equal this harvest. Relationships that honor God, marriages that honor God, a ministry and a legacy, something that, that we're proud of. It equals financial strength and generosity. You're able to be more generous than you've ever been. We're, we're able to live the best life possible. You reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, and you reap after you sow. So if you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. And when you consistently and faithfully do life with him and honor God in, in wise decisions, wise choices, you will reap a spiritual harvest. Think of, it, think of it this way. Think of it like hot water. Right? You start to put some heat on water, and what does it do? The water warms up slowly, doesn't it? There's nothing more boring than watching water boil. It warms up 80 degrees and then a little bit of fire and it gets hotter. You're at 140 and then a little bit more and it gets to 180 and 200 and 204 and 205 and then you're at 211 degrees. of water. What happens when we live faithfully? Right? God is, God's spirit starts to move in you. And, and maybe it's for a while. You're just warming up. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a long, it takes a bit of time. But then one day you're on fire for God. One day you're, you're reaping a harvest of righteousness. And from, from the outside, it looks to everyone else like you're just an overnight success. But that's not what happened, is it? That's not how that works. You were faithful, you were consistent, you made smart, small choices over and over again that reinforced your relationship with God. And you were renewing your mind, paying attention to the Spirit and praying and praying and praying and seeking God and depending on Him. And when you were weak, you depended on Him and you're faithful and you're persistent and you're constantly and consistently faithful in small things because it's those small things that nobody sees those habits, those disciplines that we've talked about through this entire series that brings the results everybody wants. You're planting seeds. You're planting seeds and God's watering it. And over time, you will reap a harvest of righteousness. So the idea is don't give up. Don't stop planting. Don't stop sowing. Don't stop believing. Don't stop renewing your mind. Don't stop turning back to God time and time again. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It's not easy, is it? This whole series has not been easy. If it were easy, what? Everyone would be doing it. Isn't that true? It's going to take time and it won't be overnight. But there will be in a proper season, a harvest, as we put these things into practice and we're doing life with God. So I want you to stop and think about what your life will be like in five years. Ask the right questions. Do you like the direction your habits are taking you? If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. Plant the right seeds, the right habits, faithfully over time because God's principles are true time and time again. Let's pray. 
God, we pray this morning that no matter what types of seeds we've planted in the past, no matter what's brought us to be the person we are today, that you would give us wisdom and courage and faithfulness to plant godly seeds today. God, that in five years, in four years, in one year, we can be closer to you. We can be closer to who you want us to be. We can be more like Jesus in our finances, in our relationships, in our marriages, physically, spiritually. God, all of this is worthless without you. And so we thank you that you do life with us. You invite us into a relationship where we're walking with you. We're depending on you. We're we're trusting in you. We're seeking you day by day. We thank you that you don't let us do this alone. God, give us wisdom as we implement these habits. And as we're going to sing, God, we speak Jesus over these things in our lives that we do have some semblance of control over. Even when it's hard to, to, to implement that habit, God, we know you have the power to help us with that. And we ask that this morning. God, you are so good to us. We love you. We thank you. Pray this in your name. Amen.